Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof now and we're lowering the floor. The band is blistering, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. One, two, three, four. Welcome to Whiskey Topic. I'm Mark Bylock, and today I am in Ireland, my first time here uh, at uh, this town called Waterford. And you might have guessed by now, I'm at the Waterford Distillery. I've uh, been watching me on Instagram. You know how excited I am about this trip. Um, I'm here for the week, and we're all going to be talking about terroir and whiskey, and pro- and and just how these two things, um, uh, whether they make sense or not, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, I'm here with Ned Gann uh, from as the head distiller, and as I we saying, I usually would say the head distiller also master blender or blender, uh, you're ultimately going to be responsible for the whiskey we'll be drinking. I think so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Ned, so. you are the person to talk to then. So yeah. welcome to the podcast. I just wanted to verify that. I was, otherwise, I was going to get out of here. Um, but we did a, so we did a bit of a um, uh, blend and we had a little bit of fun earlier uh, tasting uh, new make spirits from different uh, farms. Uh, I'm going to give everybody the 101 and Ned, you tell me what you're actually doing here. I'll just do my, my spiel. But uh um, uh, Waterford Distillery is owned by Mark Rainer that uh, really started Brooklady and was one of the one of the three main uh, powerhouses behind Brooklady and the kind of conversations around whiskey terroir and whether you know where that barley is grown and how it's grown the soil is grown and whether that can affect uh, the whiskey that uh, that you ultimately taste in the glass. Uh, most whiskeys uh, in the world are generally done in massive tons of grains, so you'll get um, essentially a medley of grains from a bunch of different farms, and so any sort of notes of individuality from the farms really just gets blended out in that process even before you do anything with the whiskey it's just and, and that's really great a lot of distilleries really love that because it gives you a very consistent profile all the way through so you don't have to worry about you know 2017 versus 2018 um mark rayner in his infinite wisdom hired you on ned and decided let's make things a little harder for ourselves and let's make the whiskey taste different every year uh, and so you're doing uh, different farms every every week. You're fermenting and distilling different farms, uh, barrel, barreling them in a bunch of different oak, and and talking about that story of terroir. All right, now, that's my part. Uh, you can tell everybody what the actual what you're actually doing here. <laughs> so you're very welcome, Mark to Warford. Um, as I said, your first time in Ireland, and hopefully it'll be a, a pleasant experience. Absolutely. Yeah. So I suppose what we're doing here is a little bit different. Uh, we are going back to the basics, I suppose, and looking at the barley and how it's grown uh, and what individuality it can bring to whiskey, I suppose. So what we do is we have, uh, to date, probably used over 72 different farms. Um, and each year we would roughly use uh, 40 different farms. Uh, some are conventional. The majority actually are conventional, but we do have some organic and biodynamic farms as well. But what we do is we keep them separate throughout the whole process. So it's harvested, uh, stored, uh, comes into the distillery here, uh, brewed and distilled and cast separately. So it's separate through the whole process. And basically at the end, uh, we can put them back into any permutation we want. Um, And we're doing it as natural as possible as well. So I suppose for us, we're looking at terroir. Mm -hmm. Uh, and does the soil and the conditions affect the flavour uh, of each farm? Uh, we would like to say yes. We believe that's the case. Uh, we've tasted some new makes uh, already this morning. Um, so from for each week when we get new barley in, uh, we see a difference um, in the spirit that we get off the stills. We keep the process as repeatable as possible so that we're highlighting the barley uh, with the flavors. 
Um, so we have a head brewer, Neil, here. So he looks after the brewing side of it because as each farm comes in, uh, little uh, nuances and tweaks have to be done to the brewing process um, because we have different specifications on every farm that comes in. So that makes it a little bit more uh, challenging as well. And as you mentioned before about the different years and that, 2017 or 18 or in fact 2019. 2018 for us was a, a particularly challenging year in that it was a bad year for the farmers and gave us a lot of challenges in, in proteins and stuff. But for us, it's a, a different vintage, a different flavor. I think the, the, the fascinating part about this, I mean, there's so many things about this that I, I, I personally find very fascinating. But um, I learned early on when writing about whiskey is that the challenge in whiskey making is to provide some variety in the whiskey making process so that you have a variety of flavors. So then you could like blend together um, uh, blend together for more for a more interesting palate. So, like, uh, if you go to Bourbon, Four Roses is a great example. They've got the two yeast string, sorry, two uh, five yeast strings and two uh, uh, mash bills, and and that gives them enough variety that you know, kind of their small batch is always the same, so they have consistency. But then they're like, there's a little bit of variety there. Um, Buffalo Trace is famous because they have different warehousing. They've got you know several different warehouses, and they store them higher and lower. And you know, like every distillery has that story of like, okay, how do we produce the same product as simply as possible because we want to mass produce it but also provide variety of, of, of flavor um, what you're doing here is you're you're presenting yourself a challenge every week um, from the brewing perspective and distillation it's always going to be a little different because the and if you can talk to a little bit about that how the, the the chemical makeup of the barley is different so what the barley is so that so your head brewer comes in and sees already sees what the protein levels are what the starch levels are whatever the in that sheet and then from that now your your head brewer has to figure out okay how am i going to brew this effectively yeah. with high yields yeah so i suppose what neil would do is he would get the results in look at the what what we have in so proteins friability and and things like that and we would do eight brews per farm so literally the first brew is uh, you would put in your specifications on temperatures and, and that and you do your first brew and see after that are you getting are you getting as much as much yield as you can from that um so if we were getting tons and tons and tons of barley in you would do that maybe and you'd set your brewing for months uh, ahead but neil would have to do that every week so when he comes in when he gets the specifications in from the this particular farm say if we're doing uh, we're doing peter Kyo at the moment and uh, he would look at the friabilities and stuff and he may have to adjust uh, different uh, stand temperatures um, or different mashing temperatures as well. So there's a bit of work in that. And that's primarily where um, we're looking at most of the adjustments because we found that uh, the different farms provide challenges in brewing. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, we want to get as much alcohol out of it as possible. Um, I suppose for us it's all about quality, but if we're not getting if we're not getting stuff at the brewing stage, we're not going to we'll never get it then. It's going to be just more expensive for the consumer. It's just going to be more expensive, so we need to to uh, do it as as efficiently as possible at that stage. Um, and when Neil has done his um, first brewing stuff, he'll do a few tests if he's if he's getting the the yield from it. Uh, he's happy enough, and uh, and we'll go forward with the other the other brews as well then. And um, this is a fun part of the story because a Waterford Distillery um, used to be a brewery uh, yes. for Guinness, and yeah. you used to work for the yeah. brewery, yeah. and Neil did as well. Um, and um, 
And, and so that that uh, I, I think it's I mean, we'll, we'll talk to, to Mark Rainer uh, later on another podcast. But the fact that he bought this place for seven million dollars equipment and all uh, uh, was a wonderful, wonderful move. But, he, but also he brought back uh, employees that that uh, were under Diageo lost their jobs when this plant got closed down. Yeah. So I suppose the number of us who came back had worked here previously and uh, some had gone on to working in different industries or different jobs. Uh, but then, you know, when uh, when Mark came in, uh, some of us were, infor- were fortunate enough to to get back in with Mark. Um, and it's, you know, we knew we knew the plant here. We knew uh, what the the brewery had done previously, and were able to, I suppose, turn around in relatively quick. So I think a year and four days after Mark bought it, we had our first trial spirit runs. Uh, which was which was pretty pretty quick, and uh, I suppose in year one then uh, of distillation twenty sixteen we uh, we nearly hit the million LA target which was amazing and a lot of that was down to say Anthony uh, who's the head engineer and his team I think we only had a couple of hours downtime in that whole year which was amazing like you know and it's because people came back and had known. Um, the facility here and we're able to get up and run very quick um, was was a huge advantage. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, um, let's let's start drinking some okay. Munich and uh, really really dive deeper in this. So um, I had a preview of some of this uh, for what we're drinking today, um, and and I got to tell you from. You know, it, it is really an incredible experience to kind of drink new make that tastes so, so different uh, based on, on the farm and where it's been and how it's been grown, too. Um, so we picked out three here that I think will um, will be fun to, to talk about. Um, I, I should also say, as far as new make goes, I've had some really terrific new make and I've had some not so new make, uh, not so good new make. This is really terrific in the way that, like, um, uh, you can tell you take the really thin cuts. It's it's It doesn't give you that kind of new makey stomach gut feel, which I always dislike about New Make, but, uh, but it's also every single one has a lot of character. And there's like, there's the one we tasted that didn't have that, and then another one that has just a ton of character. So it really all, all comes down to that. Yeah, I, I suppose, <clears throat> so the New Make we have here is, uh, is all Olympus variety, same, same variety, three different farmers. Um, from, uh, so we have uh, Daniel Delaney, uh, John Murphy, and Peter Kyo. Peter Kyo are actually distilling at the moment, so this was a sample f- taken f- uh, yesterday from his tanker. And they're all in around 70%. We don't um, fill the cask at 63.5%. We fill at cask strength. So this one went out at 71.45, so it went into the cask at yeah. 71.45. So this is the, the first one. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the yeah. one from the other... Yeah. Yeah, and this one was the funkiest of the group yeah, that yeah. we've we've mentioned. That was the, not the organic or or biodynamic. It was a it was a very kind of funky um, uh, vegetable. Vegetable is not the right word, but it just has that like interesting kind of note to it. That's just uh, that that makes you think. Um, uh, it just makes you wonder how this is going to mature over time in the cask because it just feels like it's bringing so much character in. Because there's the one that we taste this morning, which is just clean. It was just like yeah, yeah. It was like peppery, and that was yeah. that was it. Um, I, I suppose the style that we're kind of we have is a, a light floral elegant uh, new make and that's uh, you know we, we we hold our fermenters for a very, very long period we probably 120 hours is 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 around where we are um, and then the the way we distill also provides us with a, a light spirit we don't force distills too much we run very very slow so that gives us uh, that light spirit as well. So that's kind of what we're looking for. And as you said, sometimes when you, you smell new make, 
it's not inviting on the nose, whereas we find uh, this new make is is uh, pretty inviting. Yeah, th- this is the one that kind of we, we said it was like more very uh, it was a little bit more agriculturally yeah. like kind of had that funk had um, very very interesting and still yeah. has a lot of pepperiness to it and yeah. a lot of a lot of zest going through. And I suppose it's, it sounds silly, but our, our spirit is very barley forward as well. Like the, yes, the, the, the barley is there, like you know. And that you get from the seventy-three percent uh, um, distillation. Um, I I love how much uh, you know. Every distillery has a, a bit of a story, but but your story is how inefficient you like to dis- ferment and distill things. Yeah, so you have yeah. a slow fermentation process, yeah, yeah. Um, a crawl of a distillation yeah. process. Yeah, really. So, so yeah, we're not we are looking for quality. We're not looking for quantity. So. Yeah, the, the fermentation is very, very long. The distillation is very, very slow. So we are distilling when we're on spirit at no more than 500 litres an hour, which is very, very slow in distilling terms. Um, and it's really just, to, you know, we're promoting a lighter spirit. Uh, if you distill heavier or faster, you will push up the heavier vapours. And sometimes when people are talking about uh, double distillation like versus triple distillation, for me, it's how it's actually distilled. Yeah. Like we could be uh, sampling a similar uh, double distillation, but they might run at two or three times the rate of distillation that we run at. Our cuts are very uh, high. We don't, we don't go uh, low into the ABV, probably around 66. Some other distilleries may go down to 64, 63. So they have that little bit more of faintness or paperiness coming into it. So for me, it's how it's actually distilled rather than, you know, maybe the double or the triple distillation. Right, because you start up high, but then as you go through distillation, it gets lower. So it'll yeah. average out to about 72, 73, yeah, but you'll yeah. get down to the yeah. kind of 66%. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'd like to, you know, like I, every time I visit a place, I'm always, I always learn something new. So I wanted to share that with listeners. Uh, one of the new things I learned today was uh, you made a, this terrific point kind of going on what you just said is like, if you don't heat up the stills that much, you're not going to get the heavy flavors going to the top. Like there, there, there won't be enough energy. I like the, yeah, the, your yeah. term was great. There won't be enough energy to push those heavier molecules yeah. up through the still. So you're going to get that l- lighter note. And, uh, and I just, I mean, I'm repeating on your point, but just kind of, that's such yeah. an interesting way of looking at it. The more heat you add, the more energy you yeah. add, the more it's, that, it's, it's that's like boi- boiling a pot. If you have a lot of uh, heat there, you have more energy and that'll, uh, push the heavier, uh, vapors up to get turned back into liquid the lower boil lower energy and those vapors will go so far and fall back down and the lighter ones will get turned into liquid mm. and the neck we have uh, is is a longish neck in distilling terms as well so if you have a shorter neck yeah uh, you know with, with, with the same energy we're providing you will have some heavier uh notes going across so it's a combination of the the size the length of your neck on the on the stills and uh the way you distill it, like, you know. I, and I think I had a wrong impression of this, personally, because I always assumed uh, if you were going for a lighter-style whiskey, um, that meant you weren't going to get as much character in the still. And I certainly have had a lot of uh, lighter-style whiskey off the still, and there wasn't, but there's a lot of character in this new make. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's surprisingly how much character is in there, yeah. based on the kind of the process you're saying, like, you know, th- this is not as high temperature, we're not getting... There's already a lot of character in this whiskey. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, like, with, with maybe some new makes, it's, you know, you, you can pick up two or three notes mm-hmm. with, with the spirit that we have, there's a you can pick up uh, a number of notes and i think when we were tasting earlier on it ranged from uh, very floral very fruity to heavy spices and cloves and and uh, peppers and stuff so there's a wide range um of notes in the spirit primarily coming from the soil right coming from how it was grown 
Um, so in Ireland, we don't have a lot of level fields as such. So even in one field, you will have nuances in that field. Uh, so you'll have a field that's flat and then goes into a dip. So that soil in the dip is a heavier soil right. that holds water or rain. So even in that field, there's terroir going on there, or you might have some trees that block frost or sun, and that will affect uh, the barley as well and, and how it's grown. So right. you know all those nuances uh, show in the flavor, we think. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I believe it. This yeah. is, which one is this? Uh, this is John Murphy. This is the John organic? Uh, uh, no, no, this is John G. Murphy. So I think this was... This, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The second or third one we tasted earlier on. Yeah, this was the uh, this was the cleaner. Yeah, this just yeah, this very was, clean, peppery, yeah. spicy, yeah. just kind of the the sweetness, the malted barley sweetness is just very clean yeah. and clear through this one. Yeah. And, I mean, you and the, the interesting thing is, so the the brewing process is going to be different for each of these based on kind of the yields, and you do want to get those higher yields. But then everything else you do to the whiskey is identical. It's the same yeast. Um, uh, you use distillation. You know, there's that little variance. Kind of, you may go a little lower, yeah. a little higher through the cuts. But um, but beyond that, everything is done yeah, the we, same. We, we uh, try and keep the process as repeatable as possible. Again, to highlight the the spirit, the flavor is uh, the tower. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, that actually, John Murphy is very peppery there now. And it is, it's very, it's, it's more like very, a prick of peppery, yeah, yeah, which, exactly, again, yeah. you, you kind of, we, we have this conversation about, you know, whiskey's a lot, especially rye, like that yeah, peppery spice, yeah, yeah. where does it come from? Well, it comes from the rye, but it also comes from the barrel, yeah. and it also comes from this, like, the, the still, and so you have all these, you know, um, as, as people would say, it has a lot of linden in it, linden, that, that peppery yeah, yeah, spice. Yeah. Um, even though it's malted barley, it's not rye, it still has that, that note to it. So this is uh, Peter Kyo, who are um, distilling out at the moment. Um, so this this was quite different. This is a, a lot more spice and clove, and again, just I think the three samples um, just give yeah a quick snapshot of how different this it is. This is completely different. Yeah. The pepperiness is there, but it has more of those, which again I would. Um, associated with uh, an aged whiskey that closed the herbal notes, which I, I kind of, you know, you don't know really where the flavors come from, but I thought, oh, maybe it comes from the barrels or it was time, but this is right there in, in, this, in, the, in the distillate. Is this the one we were saying was slightly gel or no? Is that no? So, a, a little bit, yeah. It's, yeah. it's also chocolatey, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 But so much character. Yeah, so three different spirits. Yeah. Three different farms. The variety of the same in the tree of the tree Olympus. Yeah. Um, just from different places. Um, the brewing is, is done the same, small tweaks just to maximize efficiency. And then we try and keep everything as repeatable as possible. Yeah. And I suppose the other thing too is that it's, when we're talking about terroir, uh, it's also traceability and transparency. So f for us, it's um, uh, terroir is, is probably what we're, we're being talked about at the moment. But it all comes under the provenance umbrella. And we like to say the three-legged stool, three T's, terroir traceability and transparency. Um, so we can actually, uh, we can tell you uh, when Peter Kyo's uh, field was sown. Yeah. Uh, we saw it earlier on. I think it was sown on the 22nd of April. Yeah, which you said uh, was late in the year. Yeah, yeah, uh, maybe, yeah, 22nd of April. And then it was harvested on the 10th of August. So this was a late harvest compared to other years. But we can tell you the date it was sown and everything that has happened in between, and we can show you. 
Yeah. Uh, and for us, it's about being honest and upfront about everything that we're doing. Uh, we're not always going to have successes, so we, you know we'll talk about things that don't work for us as well. Um, so you know we can show you what we're doing, and you saw the, our track and trace system earlier on. That was incredible. Yeah, that was insane. So it's 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 it, yeah, and again, it's a bespoke to us, and that, and it, it helps. And what it does is gives us information for the future. Yeah, you know, there's information now that probably doesn't do anything for us, but in two or three or four years' time, we can go back and, you know, cleverer people than than me can can have a look back and say, yeah, well, this is. Maybe the short growing yeah. season is great. Yeah, it's it's great. more peppery yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, need so, more of this. Who and knows? Yeah. Again, it's, and, but the thing I like is, uh, it's all information, but you can't change the future. Right. So next year's harvest is going to be something totally different. Right. Right. It's going to be something totally different. Like uh, twenty nineteen was a great year. Yeah. Uh, really very good for the farmers. High yields. The High whole yields. Uh, no problems really. Twenty eighteen was a disaster for the farmer, but for us, it's a different vintage. Yeah. It gives us different flavors or gives us different uh, characters uh, in the spirit. So I, that's what you're going to be doing. And that's, that's the whole idea behind the products you're releasing. Is yeah. going to be good. There's going to be a year associated with when that uh, grain's been harvested. Um, and those vintages will come through in that. So you're not going to be making the same whiskey year over year. You're like, here's the 2017 vintage. Here you go. Um, you know, and... and it's, it's going to be interesting. I think um, the other fun part we, we talked about uh, is how much enjoyment the farmers get out of it. They're not necessarily, because of the the, far, the, the, the market, how it works, you're, you're paying the same prices for grain, you're just, but you're, you're targeting the, the specific farm. So they, they get a sense of pride out of it because they can taste the new make, they can taste the whiskey. Um, and uh, this kind of leads us into the next topic. Uh, we're going to talk about kind of your, the, some of the whiskeys you might be releasing next year, um, which will be individual farm-grained whiskey. And this is a this is like winning the the gold medal in the Olympics. This is this is the prize you want to have your farm's name on that yeah. bottle. So yeah, I suppose yeah we have a contract with uh, Minch Malt who supply us the malt, and mm-hmm. the maltsters have a contract with the farmers. So we don't directly have a contract with the farmers, but we invite the farmers in when we're brewing and distilling. We invite them in and they come in and see. Um, how, how, how their grain is going and once a year we have uh, a grower of the year we have a party and the farmers come in but I suppose what's good for the farmers that we are using only Irish grain 100% Irish malt barley right. which is not always the case for Irish whiskey you don't have to use Irish barley which you'd imagine you would but you, hey you don't have to but we, we choose to uh, and I suppose the other thing then is when they supply grain to someone else or, or milk or they sell their cattle, it goes into the marketplace somewhere. They, yeah, they the don't system. know where it ends up. Yeah. But with us, they can come in and they can trace it the whole way through. So if we have a single farm release next year, um, we might have a bottle of Mark's uh, whiskey uh, in Australia, Japan, New York, right. wherever. But you can go into your local pub yeah. and a bottle of your whiskey is behind the counter. Yeah, and that you know gives the farmer, I think, an enormous pride to see that potentially there. That's whiskey that they've grown, um, and they can see every step along the way uh, what's happened to it. And it's it's their whiskey. They can tell you the field. Uh, farmers can you know they're 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 very proud of what they do, um, and it shows for us then because um, we would have farmers coming in to say. 
is myself better than their neighbours stuff and and uh, I would always say um, something like um, do you like coffee and they may say yeah and I say well I don't I just taste something different I have a different taste profile but it's different and that's yeah. what we want we wanted uh, to be different mm-hmm. um, but there's a great sense of pride in what they're doing and the fact that yeah potentially next year we may have uh, two or three releases of uh, single farms yeah so that's you know that's great um and of course not everyone can be a single farm i think originally when mark started off it was probably not to have single farms mm-hmm. it was to have a, a cuvées or grand cuvées so uh, a mixture of all the farms together a milfoy Mm-hmm. Um, and he has been on record as saying he wants a mind fuck of whiskey. Yeah. Uh, so a whiskey that will, you know, challenge every part of your brain um, because of the different flavors. So you can imagine we have three farms here. Yeah. So each farm we will put into four different casks. Yeah. 50% of the farm goes into American force fill, our ex bourbon casks, 20% goes into American virgin casks. Uh, 15% goes into uh, French premium casks, uh, red wine previous occupants, and then 15% goes into VDN or Vandu Natural. So those are Sweet Fart, Budweiser, Sherry, Port, Madeira, Reef Cell, Sartre, and those type of casks. So one farm, there's four ingredients. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, you can uh, divide that up whatever way you want. Yeah. So if we have to date, I think we've done... 130 or 40 different batches yeah multiply that by four casks and you can put them together any way you want so you can have all the different vintages so crop 15 16 17 you can put them together yeah so you know the uh, basically what what we have here is when you walk into a cupboard of our kitchen we have thousands of ingredients that we can put together yeah in a lot of other distilleries you might have two or three ingredients yeah and you have to put them together yeah so it's it's by keeping them separate at the start it's giving us more options at the end and it, it is so we, we tried a few uh blending experience uh, earlier today and um it's hard it's, it's hard it's yeah. really hard, it's hard. And, I, and i think it's gonna get easier as the whiskey gets a little older it'll yeah, get a yeah, little yeah. more it'll you'll have a little more subtle flavors but like every barrel has such a strong opinion yeah, yeah. and to kind of blend them together is hard but i do like so i do like some of the blends because you basically i guess your starting point is giving a, an equal mixture of each blends and kind of getting a sense of that that vintage and that yeah. farm um so let's let's taste a few of those yeah. Yeah, so I suppose just on the casks, I suppose we, we, we've had discussions before, people have talked before, and we've had a, a chat about, um, you know, what um, a percentage of a whiskey flavour comes from a cask, and we'll hear 60 or 70 or 80%, but I suppose what we would like to say, or what we say is 100% of your spirit is influenced by 100% of your cask. So if you have a cask that's dead, inert, Mm-hmm. that it's a third or fourth fill um, uh, ex-bourbon cask, you're not going to get flavours, you won't get colour. Yeah. Um, so for us, it's, you know, 100% of your cask influence, 100% of your spirit. We had, I like that a lot, yeah. We had two VDN casks earlier on. Yeah. From the same farm, uh, Jimmy Welch. Yeah. And the first one, you weren't no, so keen on. It was very charry and nothing yeah. else. It had to, yeah. Um, so I got another cask. And you liked it. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. That same, spice, yeah. peppery body, same, the whole bit. Same spirit, uh, two different casks. So that's the cask having an influence on it. Um, so when the spirit from each farm goes into a cask, uh, 
you know, the terroir is there at the start. Yeah. And then the cask will uh, start to influence the spirit. But for us, we have a different starting point on every farm. Yeah. And as you blend those casks throughout, they're going to be different. Yeah. So uh, th- these are potential contenders for next year's release, yeah. is so, my understanding. Yeah, they, they so could... these are potential contenders, I suppose. Why are they contenders? Because they're old enough. Right. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is yeah, your yeah, original yeah. batch. You... So, yeah, th- these are old enough. So, you know, for it to be whiskey, it has to be three years old. Uh, some of these are literally a few days over three years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. Um, so le- these are some of the first ones. So what I've done is, uh, as I said earlier on, I put them together in the same percentage breakdown. So this is um, uh, Richard Raftus, and uh, it's Irina, uh, 2015, and it's 46.81 ABV, so broken down. And it's American first fill, 35%, American new, 20%, French, uh, 25%, and VDN, 20%. Mm-hmm. So these three farms, so uh, Richard, uh, Ed Harper, mm-hmm. um, and Robert Millen, they're the same percentage, so I can taste them across against each other. Yep. So we'll start off with... Uh... Uh, so this, this one's um, light caramel and like very candy, lemony uh, notes on the nose. Um, and that's the other thing I'm noticing in this process that you're doing is um, some of the... Th- not, not in all cases, but some of them taste much older than they are. We, we talked about the new make, how it has these herbal notes that I normally associate with older, older whiskeys. Um, but, uh, but already that, that kind of the quality is already kind of seems like that, that starting point has been so terrific that you're, you're getting, you're not getting some of that kind of new makey notes to it. Yeah. Because uh, this is, I wouldn't, if you told me this was three years old, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, so I suppose when, when we mentioned earlier about being inefficient in our process, the attention and the time we give to the to the quality at the start is paying dividends here. Yeah. In that this tastes like a five year old or six year old. Uh in that it doesn't have that really uh new make because the spirit doesn't have that real new make at the start. Um American oak, highly influenced, very um has that kind of very intense American oak flavor. A lot of candied notes. Um, definitely lemon, lemon, lemon. But there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of that anise kind of licorice kind of, um, just a nice little sweetness, like a nice little so, band of, so, of so sweetness. So that's the, the VDN probably kicking in. Yeah. Or did you have the sweetness from that? Yeah. And then kind of the pepperiness really settles on the palate. It's, uh, it's also kind of a, a thicker, um, the mouth feels really great. Like it's, it's just allowing a lot of flavors to come through over the palate. You said these are at what percentage? Uh, so these are about 46, 46. Okay. Oh, that's, that's, that's wonderful yeah. for that, that, that proof point. I mean, it's just because yeah. it's carrying so much flavor through. Um, that's really nice. So that's the first one. So that's Richard. Ah, Richard. Richard Raftus. So a Kenny man. Yeah, that's uh, that. Yeah. And, and the, the American New York influence is really light on that. I, yeah. just, it's, uh, I'm not getting a lot of char. Uh, just no. the and like there is, you know, there, there's a nice amount of American oak in that. 20% is a, is a nice amount. In, but I think the, 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 the four casks kind of complement each other. Yeah. In that there's none of them really overpowering. Yeah. Like I'm getting, I'm starting to get the American New Oak there now. Just a little bit. Yeah, just get the, the yeah, caramel yeah. notes, right? Yeah, just a little bit yeah. of the caramel yeah. kind of comes through, but very subtle, yeah. very subtle. Okay, so the next one then is Ed Harper. All right, so this is interesting because the the canny lemon notes, the American note on the nose is a little subtler. Um, this is kind of more towards that soda ginger kind of profile. So uh, let's see how it tastes. 
Okay, now this is this is fascinating because the pepperiness is it's greater pepperiness notes on it. Um, it has a lot of the. Um, um, it's not quite caramel sugar, but it's that kind of uh, melted caramel kind of note. It's kind of like just a very subtle over the palate, a lot of pepperiness, um, less anise, less herbal notes. Um, and, but also the American oak influence isn't as heavy. Like the first one I would say, okay, this has definitely been aged American oak. It's, it's, it's all those typical notes I would expect. Uh, in a very, in a highly American oak f- finishes there. Here, this is a little different. Um, it's not getting a lot of European oak in this. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I think I like the first one better so far. I'm going to go with number one for, for right now. Okay. Only, only because the first one's a little more complicated, and this one has, this one t- tastes to me a little more youthful. I think that's my only, uh, yeah. it has a little bit more youthful notes. Um, but it does have a real nice sweetness that I, I just like to see how that develops over time. Uh, and of course, this isn't just that. You you can also play with the blends of, of barrels. Yeah, and, and um, I, because this one has just a. Yeah, it's it, it slightly. It does taste slightly younger. Just the oak is probably not having, having as much of an influence on this at the moment. There's kind of a banana, banana. The banana note on it, yeah. Yeah, I get yeah, that, like kind, kind of, of candy, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing we were talking about earlier on, is that what you would describe something, I mightn't have ever heard of before. Oh my God, your tasting notes were great. I, I still, we, it took us like five minutes to Google one of the tasting notes to figure out what it was. I don't think we had, <laughs> this was sort of candy. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about lemon sherbet and yeah. I, oh, yeah. sherbet, okay. Now. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm saying it slower now. <laughs> You're right? saying it slower. <laughs> Last time we said like, lemon sherbet. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, I, I have no idea Sherbert, yeah. Sherbert, yeah, oh, yeah, sherbet. Yeah, okay, okay. So we're, we're okay. We're, we're okay, yeah, finally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one was a terrific, like that was lemon sherbet. That's a great, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a great yeah, taste. Note. So this one then is Robert Millen. Robert Millen. Yeah. All right, let's see. So again, uh, 46.16%, same cast breakdown. Um, immediately reminds me of, um, of like an older sherry um, finished whiskey because there's just that, that subtle sherry influence on their European oak, I guess, more, more specifically. Uh, really nice. The nose is very peppery, zesty. Um, has a nice, nice volume to it. I like it a lot. Chocolate anise, a great spice. The licorice, all that kind of flavor profile. Uh, black tea, really terrific spice around the back palate. It's just hitting you with a little spice. A little bit of like that, that kind of vanilla uh, bitters yeah, towards yeah. the back, kind of Cho- sharp chocolate, chocolate that chocolate, sharpness. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I of all these, I taste most of the. Um, I taste the more complimentary of the influences. I get the American oak, I get the European oak, I get the French oak, I get kind of like a nice combination of that. Um, the new, brand new oak is very subtle. I, I don't really, maybe a little bit on the nose. I, you, you tell me, I, I, it's a very, a very light uh, uh, new oak subtleness to it. Um, I, I think, I think the, the American new oak sits nicely yeah. with the other casks and the spirit. I think that's maybe... You know, we go for char three on, on, on the casks and we've tasted the, them earlier on at 70 odd percent. But I think when, when you put it together and break it down, it sits in nicely. It gives you a nice um, depth uh, to, to the drink, I think. That's where kind of... Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of modern, a lot of whiskeys today are so sherry influenced. Uh, a lot of the scotches especially. 
but it's the American oak that gives you that kind of pepperiness. It's the American oak that really seems to have evolved over time. 30 years ago, you, you wanted to mute that American oak, the pepperiness. You wanted something very gentle um, on that palate. But now today's drinking audience wants that pepperiness. Even in their share of casts, they just they want to feel a reason to live. It's so I, that's why I look at it. I might be being dramatic about this, but I like that yeah. peppery spice, that paprika spice to kind of give me some of that to give me an, an and, interest. Yeah, and, and we have that. And a lot of the spirits have that kind of... Oh, absolutely. You and know, white, white yeah. pepper that sits on the front of your tongue and goes back. Yes. We, we, we were talking earlier on about nettles. And yeah, you, you, you never heard of nettles before. No, still have no idea. They're yeah, all over Canada. Yeah, see, Ma- yeah. Megan Googled it, and <laughs> yeah, she's like, "What do you mean you never heard of this? It's all yeah. over Canada." I'm like, "I live in the city. I don't, I don't but, see but, plants um, a lot." Yes, yeah, so, so I think, and and when you mention sherry casks and people who finish in a sherry cask, like we will start uh, life in a sherry cask, maybe our port cask, and, yeah, and you know it might get a bit oaky, it might get too uh, too oaky, but again, that'll be an ingredient. Um, in 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 uh, in a whiskey, so it can give you something really powerful that works very nicely with um, with an American force fill cask and right. and, and, a, and a spirit that's young. So you 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 can you can put these together. So it's all about in, having an, different ingredients that you can put together to make uh, layers and layers and layers and layers of flavor. I um. Yeah, I think um, I, I don't I don't envy your uh, your work uh, to blend all these uh, together, um, but um, I, I, and that's the other thing we you know these are all as we mentioned we are all single malts. Um, tell us, I'm I'm gonna pick up you know what I'm gonna do something while you pick out while you um, uh, tell us about your warehousing because I, I think the warehousing is very interesting okay, the way yeah. uh, you've de- de- designed the warehouses. Uh, so tell us about barrels and maturation, and I'm just going to pick something random here. You, you said earlier because yeah. we're we're in the we're in the every sample you've ever made is in this room, uh, so I'm going to go over. Well, well, I wouldn't say everything is in this. Sorry, room. Sorry, not everything. Yeah. There's yeah, another warehouse. Yeah. And I, I yeah. said earlier on, like, um, feel free to put your hand on anything because sometimes when you give people when you give people things, they they uh, they say, oh, you're giving me this. But you, the, the warehousing. So yeah, we we have um, purpose built warehousing. In Ballygarn, um, we've partnered up with a company called uh, Stafford's, and they manage the the casking and the the storing of the cask for us. So we have six purpose-built warehouses. They're about a thousand uh, square uh, meters each, and they'll hold roughly around seven thousand casks. Um, so what we do is we have them on pallets, so we, they're kept in in rows um, of farms. And the other thing then is we have a lot of ventilation uh, around the casks. So again, we're not very efficient in the way we store our casks. If we were to be efficient, we would put all the casks in together and squash them together. But what would happen then is you would have temperature variations uh, in the middle of the cask where they'd be very warm, the outside of the casks would be cooler. So the casks, there's a lot of air circulation around them. Um, So yeah, so what we would do is uh, we would tank our our farms from, from here in the distillery out to Ballygarn, which is about uh, 10 miles away, and they're filled in the casks out there into the, the various cask types, the, the American Forceville, American New, French, and the VDN. Um, and we roughly get about 200 casks uh, per farm. So, you know, they're, they're, they're filled out there. They're put away then. And, yeah, they're left left to mature for... 
as long as we want, I suppose. We, we were lucky enough, uh, year one, uh, we, got, we got nearly a million LAs done, which was great. So that gives us uh, an opportunity to leave that stock to mature. So we'll have releases next year, but you know, we'll have stuff that can mature to five or 10 or 15 years, and we, we, we have a, a good portion of stock to hold on to. So you're after coming back with, with a few bottles of stuff? I, um, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I definitely went all out for this one. So um, I just, I picked that stuff at random and I basically went, went by color and style. So um, okay. this is a very uh, light, this is uh, Simon Neville. We didn't do this one already, did we? No, 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 no we Simon Neville, no. No, um, this is, I guess, American First Fill uh, Bourbon Oak uh, from uh, 2016. Yeah. So this is at, at three years. Um, and uh, yeah, this is fun because this room is filled with everything and anything. Um, we, we have a wonderful cast here that, that you, you were I amazed at the pink. It was a French. Yeah. So the, that one is close to that. that yeah. Yeah. So there was cask number 3000, I think, World Taste and was Philly O'Brien's. Oh, and this is, yeah, this is a different one. Similar. Okay. Got, you got yeah. it. Yeah. Pink whiskey. I don't know. Pink whiskey. Yeah. Well, I suppose the, the, the French casks that we have. Are from you know good good vineyards, uh, good chateaus. Mark has a lot of contacts, and we are spending thirty percent of our overall budget goes on wood. It's only second to um, our barley, so we spend a lot of money on wood, and we get good wood. Um, so th- this one here, um, the pepper. Uh, so, so this is a great blender's whiskey because the, the peppery spice on the back is so intense. It's also got a nice uh, buttery volume towards the middle, just not a lot lot up front. It kind of hits you with a little bit of pepper. A lot of fatty, fatty um, notes, and then just so much peppery spice on the finish, which mm. I think would be oh, for a wonderful blend. Right? On the nose, when I smell that first, it reminds me of uh, undergrowth in the forest. Oh, I like that. You I'm just, a city kid, again. I, <laughs> propane is what I smell every propane. morning. <laughs> no, I would guess but rather. It, it's, it's funny the way whiskey can evoke memories. Yes, yeah. No, this is and like this got a bit of brown sugar to it as well. Like this is wonderful. This is very, uh, very good. Now there's a huge lasting in that. You don't want to go back for another taste. Yeah, because you just want to leave it there for a few minutes, and it's just that 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 has a really good lasting to it there. Now, yeah, that's that's. Is this one of those situations I could have picked any sample at random? They all would have been delicious. I'm guessing. All right, so we're gonna try the French Premium uh, Pink Whiskey, which. Um, I'm going to copyright next. I'm going to put in a patent for pink whiskey. Uh, Watch this space. <laughs> exactly. Myself, myself and Megan have a, a plan to do something, but we'd never know. Yeah. We'd never know. I think it's a... Uh, so, so this is interesting. So that, um, uh, why, is, why, so why is French oak turning pink in some cases? What's the reason for that? The previous occupants has been wine, and yeah. it's seeped into the wood, and when you... Uh, Put the alcohol in, especially at you know a higher strength, seventy odd percent. It just extracts the color from the wood then as well. Uh, this is similar to what we tasted before. Um, the the gummy note on the nose is so nice and wonderful. What I li- at least the cast strength I like about it is it's sweet, but it gives you so much peppery and just pure boozy burn that it like <laughs> rewards that sweetness. Because if it's too sweet, I feel like I, I don't you know it's, it's sick- not, sickly sweet. Yeah, 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 I don't I don't like sickly sweet, but this is like. The, the pepperiness. It does taste very similar to what we had before, I feel. No, yeah, nice again. Um, You're running out of space there. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm running out of room. Uh, so we'll do some mm. American yolk. Um, the, um, 
so you know, uh, not, not uh, the amount of work that's gone to the distillery uh, so far is, is incredible. Like how how um, how much you guys are producing and working and and, and tracking all the all, all grains and the barrel and everything else. Um, you're probably not going to finish anything and anything. This is just going to be purely. You're going to marry a bunch of casks, and that's going to yeah, be probably yeah, it for now. Yeah. So yeah, we, we we don't see us finishing anything because we'll be starting it. What we have done, I suppose, is uh, we found some of our VDN casks have been um, light on color. We saw some earlier on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we did was we bought some new French virgin casks. Right, okay. Um, I, I get one of them down in a second. And so we're going to fill them for maybe five or six months. Yeah. And then put them into American force fills. Right. Because, you know, uh, we're depending on the casks for color. We won't be using any additives. We won't be using that caramel E150. Um, so we're depending on casks for color. We could get more American new oak. But that would give us too much of that uh, uh, vanilla creme brulee. So the yeah. American ca- or the French casks will just give us color with a different flavor. Oh, that's just terrific. Um, that, that's that's definitely a better uh, new bourbon, um, one of the better ones we've had today. The no, it's the herbal noses on it are coming out beautifully. You've got so much color. Yeah, right. Oil, the oils as well are just yeah. Uh, yeah, and it just allows the flavors to really transfer through really nicely. That is buttery creaminess. Isn't that beautiful? That is, that's, that bottle is that right now. Can I just get a bottle of this? I'll, 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 I'll go home with this halfway. Don't, don't tell anyone, but you might get a bottle going home. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, I think the... It's funny because the, the other American chars that we played earlier were like a little overpowering. I, yeah, I had a hard yeah. time kind of figuring out where they would be in the profile, yeah. but this is this is perfect. Yeah. The char notes are, are yeah. subtle enough. And like, you, you know, each cask is a snapshot. Right, and that's the other part. It's, it's not necessarily you know, it's that's the cask. Yeah, it's, as I said before, it, it's the cask and the... What's the VDN? Is the last one, is it? I already lost my... Uh, sorry, yeah, it's the VDN, yeah. Yeah, so the, 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 the cask and the spirit, you know, you're hoping that they'll get on well together. It's like, mm-hmm. I suppose, a couple when they start going out. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> you have great expectations. It may not always happen for you, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're hoping that the, the marriage will be... A good one. The good news is you got lots of whiskey can blend out some of the... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? We're, we're you know, if... if um, as, and it does come down to people's preference and tastes and, and stuff. What I like and what you like, people, other people may not. Yeah, yeah. Like, this whiskey won't be for everyone. It won't be... It's not going to be a cheap whiskey. You're not making enough for everybody either, no, I should point no. out. That's, a, that's the other problem <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, that's I a, suppose, <laughs> uh, you know, when we're talking about bottles and talking about releases and stuff, there won't be a huge amount probably, you know, in the next few years. Um, but there'll be, yeah, there'll be, there'll be a few bottles, but we're not looking at massive releases, like... Uh, so at a million, at the production volumes you're at, compare yourself to another distillery at that similar oh volume. What would that be? Jeez, I don't know who uh, else would be at that. No, um, like half of Belvini, seventh of yeah, Glenfiddich. Uh, a fifteenth of Macallan. Fifteenth <laughs> of Macallan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Like, but yeah. because a lot of the stock is new, what you're putting to market next year, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Not was, looking so, at, so we'll only put out a very, very, very small percentage of our first year's distillation. Yeah. Like, well, it'll only be, yeah. Um, I should have I should have the maths off, or the math off the top of the head, but I don't. I I know what I can't pick a bad, bad whiskey here. This is great. I think I had that one barrel that I didn't like. That was the only one I didn't like. 
And like you said, the same, same year, same different beer, I was just completely different. Well, that is, again, that is just, um, it has that kind of smokiness nearly to it. It does, which I'm really surprised with those barrels, though, the yeah, medians, yeah, though. Yeah, it's yeah. got the smokiness to it. And, and it's dry, mm-hmm. and it shortens the finish. So if you were to put this with the first put fill, first, yeah, let's just so you'd ha- you have a real... Let's just blend those together. I think so that's going to be a... Yeah, what we did earlier is we, we, we started um, doing a bunch of very scientific blending. We, uh, <laughs> we had measuring cups and... Um, um, and that, and we uh, we were uh, doing a lot of exercise. We did pretty well. I think there is a. It, it is interesting too because I think as we blended more, things got better, and then they started getting worse again. It's like it's like it's it's such a fine art. Oh, so that, that's that's uh, really working. He's 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 at work right now. So we'll we'll just put the American Force Fill and the VDN together because American Force Fill had so much finish, so much, and the VDN and, and had the VDN so little. Well, yeah, so little, but so. You think that'll work, but <coughs> oh. oh my god, very peppery. Yeah, it it it. it I, it's, and that's a weird it, thing. It, I'm getting it, a more of a ginger candy note. It, it out brings of this. out the pepperiness. Yeah. Like that. Oh, taste that. Taste that. Oh my god. It's gone up to the top of the palate now. It's up the roof of your mouth. It's. Oh, this down is the side. It's just changed totally. Uh, it, that, there's a candy ginger note that I didn't have on this before. Um, the sweetness is really nice and subtle, and then, but but that finish, just that American oak uh, it, first it, fill, it just it just keeps going, projecting that but, flavor. But what what put put the two of those together has just opened it up to the whole of your mouth, and not just your tongue, and like that that now it's, oh, yeah. it's gone, it's gone now. Whereas the well, this, whiskey, this, this combo is blowing my mind. Uh, that, that's uh, that, 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 that's uh, an unusual. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the this playhouse is going to be incredible because you're literally going to do that. Um, and that's that's going for something else. Oh, oh, the still's coming out. We're gonna we're gonna go high in the cabinet. Um, yeah. I mean, Waterford uh, is is. Um, uh, you know, I, I've, I've mentioned this. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I mentioned this. Um, uh, Mark Rainer helped me a little bit on the uh, when I was writing the book and I was talking about uh, terroir. Uh, and was really big help in that. But I, I was really talking about risky provenance and not so much terroir because there's so much that goes into terroir. Sorry, so much, much more goes into provenance. The history, the culture, the, 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 there's, that has such a huge influence on a whiskey. Um, and then you bring into it kind of that down to the, the farm level terroir. It's, it's an interesting conversation uh, and it's an interesting topic. So yeah. this is a um, Brian Kenny, who's our most westerly farmer. Uh-huh. Can you give me an age on that, do you think? Well, this on the nose, I'll tell you, it's very has like immediately thought of like sour candy. It's a very sour nose, not not so, uh, sour candy nose, not like a sour milk nose, but like a sour candy lemony nose. So it's it's that's a, a French virgin cask. Okay, I'm gonna age this. Um, oh, it's so gentle on the palate, peppery, sweet. Well, I, I know it's not older than three years, but I would I would definitely say it's older than three years, four years, five years. I don't get. I get a little bit of new, newness on the nose, but just a barest touch on the palate. There's nothing there. That's just a lot of great flavor. Anyway, go ahead. Tell me. Five months. <laughs> no way. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I, I could get the barest on the nose. 
So yeah, so so don't. I guess that's that vegetally note that I'm getting yeah, on the nose. So, so yeah, that, that's uh, French virgin cask. Um, so you know you have that really lovely color from it. And oh. yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, the, the French does give you kind of that cotton candy note all on its yeah. own. A um, little bit of char there, but really accomplished. It's it's very. You would not say that's, you know, only a couple of months old. Like I, that's I would say if you watered it down to 50%, I don't think you could tell at all. Probably not, yeah. yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that's good. So those, you know, those type of casts, so we, we, I think they're from the Limazon Forest. Yeah. Expensive casks, but, you know, you taste that and you go, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. So yeah. John Adams, if you're listening, it's worth it. John is our CFO. <laughs> right, he's the one trying to manage this operation. He must have the hardest job in the... Uh, I thought the brewer had the hardest job. I know you've got a pretty good job. You're, you get yeah. to taste this whiskey yeah, every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he might have the hardest job of trying to control the spending. Well, yes and no, because, you know, it, it's John and Mark's... Like John was CFO with uh, Brooklady, so he knows what's involved. He knows right. what, you know... so. We don't mind paying for the quality, yeah, because it'll come out at the end. Um, and like we were saying earlier on, it's not going to be a, a, a cheap whiskey. It's going to be, I don't know, heading towards uh, the upper end of, I don't know, sixty or seventy or eighty or hundred euros. I, yeah. I don't know, somewhere around there. Uh, you know, we won't be chill filtering, right? So it'll be, you know, around forty-six, maybe fifty percent. Yeah. So, and it's as natural as possible. We don't use any additives. Yeah. Um, and it's all Irish barley. It, it is amazing how light-colored the American oak first fill is. Yeah. It's just, it's so, it's so light color. You could imagine a lot of people selling it that way because yeah. it's so light. And, 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 like, the thing about it is the casks that we have, um, that one you have there, that first fill, that's only been used once. Yeah, so you, great. you can imagine it being filled a second or third time and it, there's no color in it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, is this the French? Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. I think, um, I think we're going to wrap things up, um, but um, mostly because there's more whiskey to taste. And I, I just, I just wanted to say, like, I, I, this has been uh, such a great trip so far, and I'm really looking forward to tasting more and, and going through. But, like, I think um, I've been excited about this distillery before. Um, the first moment I heard about what the next project was, uh, I was really excited by this to come here and, and to taste kind of the, the flavor profile and the range you're going in. And I, and I always say the flavor profile is light and floral, and I get that. But this is very character-driven whiskey because I think a lot of people, when they hear light and floral, they think of like kind of your standard kind of, you know, 10, 12-year-old scotch, and they kind of think of something that's a little gentle. But the, these, these are not these, – these whiskeys do have opinions. And at, you know, 46 47%, they have very strong opinions. They're very peppery. They're very fun to drink. Um, and uh, and just so damn interesting. I'm I'm so I'm fascinated by this whole project. I I think someone said uh, what uh, a while ago, you know, when you're smelling it, it smells like uh, you know, like uh, a grandmother, <laughs> and when you taste it, it slaps you like a teenager. <laughs> so you know, it's something like I that. like that. The yeah, candied yeah, lemon yeah, note yeah, is yeah. very. So, so like, when you smell it, it has that you know. You know, elegance, and you know, yeah. and, but when you taste it, then it can come along and go boom, boom, yeah. and you're not expecting it, like you know. 
No, it's uh, I I can't wait to see what you guys release. Well, Ned, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No uh, I really appreciate having your time. Um, I know you, I know you're very happy on social media. So give give our listeners all your uh, favorite social media. You're on Instagram primarily. Oh, yeah. oh, well, uh, Twitter, I suppose. I'm as I said. I'm probably not the best person on social media, but what Waterford Distillery is uh, is is the main one. I'm on Instagram, Ned Gan, or you look me up and you'll find me. But if Waterford Distillery. Waterford Stills, Waterford Spirit, Waterford Barley, we're there. I think you should we're work all, into your contract that if you get like a thousand <laughs> followers on Instagram, you get a bonus or something, and, and, and yeah, then yeah, well, oh, yeah, that. That, we, we can go for that on our Twitter. Like, so if you're out there, um, if we get, say, if we get a thousand follow, if I get a thousand followers on on uh, Twitter. Whoever the thousand follower is, we might say we might send him something special or something. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. Get shot now for that, but yeah, we could do that. Uh, all right, you guys, yeah. you heard it for, here first. Thousand follower on. Well, you know what? You should do a random draw out of a thousand because okay, people, yeah, people yeah. game the whole thousand. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. A, a random. So yeah, so on, on Twitter, I'm on Waterford uh, Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, is it what? I have to look up now. <laughs> That's okay. We'll, we'll put it. We'll put yeah. it in the show notes for you. Um, but I also got to say, um, your uh, the YouTube channel for Waterford is fantastic. Um, and and go check that out. I'll, I'll put the links in the show notes uh, because you're you're in the, on the YouTube. Uh, I, I, the moment I saw your video, I'm like, okay, I got I got to interview Ned because you, you've you've got this. You're, yeah. you're so, um, on on YouTube. You I'll I'll put in the show notes kind of videos featuring yourself and, and just kind of the Waterford yeah. Distillery has great videos on YouTube as well. Yeah. So I'm Waterford Spirit. I've been told officially I'm Waterford Spirit. <laughs> so if I get over once I get over a thousand, we'll do a draw, and whoever comes out, we'll send them something. Uh, it might be next year before you get it if we get a bottle out, but it'll be a special bottle. Oh, or something that like sounds that. terrific! Yeah, that's a good idea, Mark. Uh, I'm glad I had it. Did I have yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close this enough. Is, at this at this stage, after drinking this much, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, but thanks so much for Ned for yeah. coming on the podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, follow Ned on on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, look forward to Waterford's releases next year. Some, yeah, well, I suppose maybe around uh, April, May, June, we should have our first release. 2020. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Ned. Thanks, man. Cheers. Do it!